Good morning. Like Bevan said, my name is Elliot. I'm one of the pastors here. And last week, we started a series where we're talking about the importance of our small days. And the reason we're doing this is because our big days have been erased from the calendar. I was recently reading an article about a um, training facility for gymnasts, and a lot of our Olympic gymnasts train out of this facility. And um, at this facility, they have a large whiteboard where they'll map out the entire year. They'll have all the events, all the competitions, all the things that they're working up to, and kind of, kind of they track their progress so they can see where they're at. And this year, the biggest event on that whiteboard was gonna be the Tokyo Olympics. And those gymnasts had been training, some of them for a large portion of their lives to get to those games. And when it was announced that those Olympics were gonna be postponed, one of the coaches, went up to that whiteboard, pulled out an eraser, and just wiped it all clean. And you can imagine the shock as that kind of set in on those athletes, and they stared at that board, and it was blank. And it was just they, all their hopes and their dreams and everything that they had been looking forward to just completely erased. And in a lot of ways, this is what's happened to the big days that we put on our calendars. What we do is we put a lot of expectations on our big days. We rely on them to make us happy and for them to make the people that we care about happy. We rely on them for memories and experiences. We even look to them hoping that we'll get rest or renewal, maybe from a vacation or some experience. We put a lot of hope in our big days, but these days have been removed from our calendars. And it's natural for us, because they've been removed, it's natural for us to grieve over what we've lost. We have lost our big days for now. But at the same time, we have been given a gift. And it's a gift that holds far more power than all of our big days combined. We've been given the gift of recapturing the importance of small days. So last week, Bevan kicked us off, and he shared about the power in small days. And what he explained was this. He explained that it's in the small days that we set direction, and it's in the small days that we make progress. We get to set a course of action, and then we get to take steps to move forward. Most of our current small days feel like we're just waiting out the stay-at-home orders. Just We're just kind of hunkering down and letting time pass. But in reality, we're not just passing time. We're actually moving towards a destination. And so it's important for us to consider where are we headed? How are we using these small days? They're going to shape and influence our future because it's the small days that will determine the quality and the experience of our lives. So for this series, kind of as a guide, what we're doing is we're looking at a few passages where the Bible refers to something happening daily. So we're looking at these passages, and these passages kind of give us almost like a checklist so that we can consider how we're using our small days and if we're setting direction in the way that God instructs us to. So today, the passage we're going to be looking at, the verse, is in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus, he's talking about prayer And he gives us an instruction of something to pray for. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. He says this. It's a simple verse. Give us today our daily bread. Now again, this is an instruction. He's talking about prayer. This is something that we're supposed to ask God for. And you might recognize it. It's part of what's referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And what Jesus is doing, he's teaching his followers how to pray. And he gives them a list of categories, things that they should be making requests of God for. And he includes this in the list. Give us today our daily bread. It's a very simple verse. But what it does, it's pretty interesting as you start to study through it. What this verse does is it 
it answers a few important questions that we ask. Questions that when we answer these will really shape our small days and how we use them. So with our time, what I want to do is I want to answer these questions that the verse answers, and then I want to point out a really helpful practice that we can build into our small days that really helps us focus on what this verse instructs. So let's dive in and uh, look at these questions. The first question is, do we really need God today? Do we really need God today? Now the verse, when it refers to bread, there's pretty wide understanding that Jesus is talking about more than bread. He's talking about the general category of our basic needs, kind of the basic necessities to keep us alive. That's what he's referring to. So he's referring to more than just bread. But let's just, you know, in asking the question, do we need God today? Let's just consider the bread-making process and all that's involved in that process. My wife and I, we have some recent experience in this process. We, um, my wife has a, a quarantine hobby, as she calls it, of making sourdough bread. And we call it her quarantine hobby because we don't know if it's going to last past the stay-at-home orders. And the reason is this is a lot of work. And we've got, you know, three small kids in the home. And so, you know, usually putting the meals on the table, it's kind of a rushed project. And so slowing down to make sourdough bread, it's been pretty eye-opening how much work goes into it. What, what it involves is the first thing you do is you have to make what's called a starter. And you combine equal parts flour and water, and you put them together, and you stir them up, and you let them sit, and you come back the next day, take some out, add some more. You do that for seven days until it becomes a living thing that you actually have to feed to keep alive. That's where the flavor comes from. Then once you've got this starter, this seven-day process, then it takes about another day to get the loaf ready for baking. So you've got to take it and mix some other ingredients and stretch it and fold it and get it ready to bake it, and then you put it in the oven. And Like I said, it's been a lot of fun to engage in the process of making bread, but it's been pretty eye-opening how involved it is. But we all know that the process of food on the table is actually more complex than the process of making sourdough bread. I mean, there, somewhere a farmer had to purchase land. The land was cultivated, the seeds were planted, they were watered, they were fertilized. Then they grew, they were harvested, the farmer sold the seed, a food processor purchased it, they grind the wheat into flour, they package it, then they distribute it out to the grocery stores, where then you and I go. But we can't just walk in and take whatever we want. We've got to have money. So we go to jobs, we earn money, we collect a paycheck. So then we can go to the stores and we can buy the food. But it's actually even more complex than just the farming and the food processing and then us earning money. There's other factors at play. Just this week I was reading an article about possible food shortages as a result of the pandemic. And they didn't just point to food processing plants or point to grocery stores. Actually, they pointed to some of the global impacts. They noted the sudden loss of income by many people that are living paycheck to paycheck and the ripple effect of that. They pointed to the collapse of oil prices. They pointed to currency shortages in countries that depend on tourism. The list went on and on. And it just made this point that the process of getting bread on the table is really complex. And there are a lot of moving parts involved in that process. And actually, as we engage in this process through the course of our lives, there's kind of two major influences for how we view these processes that I want to point out because it's important to know that the way we view these processes really shapes if we think we need God or not. The first way we view the process is we have become process perfectors 
And we view the processes of life through that lens. We've studied the process, we predict the future, we track trends, we figure out the outside influences that are gonna determine the outcome of the process. We try to figure out what's gonna happen in the future and eliminate threats to the process. We've become process perfectors. And I'm glad we're process perfectors. I'm glad that we know more about farming and I'm glad that we know more about the medical process. But as we do the work of engaging in the process and as we experience success, one of the things that tends to happen is we tend to think we have more control than we do. Because we are process perfectors, we tend to think we have more control than we do. A second impact, kind of a lens by which we view the process is what I call the Amazon Prime effect. I and mean, just think about it, anything you want, you can get delivered to your house in two days. I mean, I know with everything going on at Amazon, it's a little slower than two days, but still, it's pretty impressive how fast they can get things. And I didn't do the engineering on the products that I buy. I didn't, I didn't oversee the supply chain management. I didn't do the marketing or the packaging. I just go on the computer, click purchase, and then within two days, almost anything I want in the world will arrive. And so what happens is, over time, we tend to think the process is simpler than it is. We tend to think the process is simpler than it is. So it's easy to live most of our small days like we don't need God. We think the process is simpler than it is. We think we have more control than we do. And you add those two together, and if it's simpler than it really is, if it's pretty simple and we've figured it out, and if we control the outcome, then do we really need God today? I mean, this is often how we operate. The people who are listening to Jesus when he gave this instruction of daily bread, they were first century Jews. And when Jesus would have given this instruction to ask today for your daily bread, it would have jogged their memories about something that had happened in their people's history about 1,500 years before. What had happened was, in Israel's history, there was a period of time referred to as the exodus from Egypt, where the people were in slavery in Egypt, God intervened, he saved them, and then he's bringing them out of there and taking them to the promised land. And in the process of that happening, they're headed through the desert, through the wilderness, and they run out of food. And so what God decides to do is he decides to meet their daily need for food by removing the normal process and going direct. He removes the normal process, the process you and I are engaged in, the process of planting and farming and harvesting. He removes that and he goes direct. And what he does is every morning when the people would wake up, there would be this kind of this dew that had settled on the ground overnight. And in the dew, there were these little seeds and they would get up and they would go out of their out of their tents, and they would gather these seeds. The seeds were referred to as manna. They would grind them into flour. They would make their food for the day. That's how God decided to provide for them. And he put a condition on it where if they, if they tried to store the food for the next day, the food would start to rot. So they couldn't save up any excess. They couldn't kind of create a security blanket for the future. They had to rely on him every single day. He removed the normal process and went direct. Every day, about two million people for 40 years, and 40 years, that's longer than I've been alive, woke up asking the question, did God meet our needs today? And then they went outside of their tent, and they saw the reality that God provided what they needed. Now, what was the point of God going direct in the process? What was the point of the manna? Well, Moses explains the purpose, and he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, the answer to the question of do we need God today is a resounding, emphatic yes. And we need him in more than just the bread-making process. I mean, think about all the processes that we're involved in. Think about, think about building a marriage. Think about how complex and how many moving parts there are to really build a marriage that counts for something. Think about raising kids. <laughs> That's complex. Think about building a business. There are all kinds of complex processes that we're involved in. And like the passage says, it says, we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, from every word that comes from the mouth of God. What this means is he's not simply the initiator and the influencer of the bread-making process. He is over and behind every single process that we're engaged in. In every area of life, whatever it is you're working on or working towards or whatever the process you're engaged in, your biggest need every single day is God working on your behalf. That is the lesson that he was teaching to the Israelites. That is what Jesus is reminding us of when he says, give us today our daily bread. You know, for Israel, the manna in the desert, that was a very humbling experience in their history. You know, for us, I think this COVID-19 thing that we're going through, this is an opportunity to humble us. This is an opportunity for us to remember how much we need God working on our behalf today. So again, give us today our daily bread. It's a reminder that through every single small day that we have, as we engage in the processes, we need to keep asking God for help. He is the one working behind the scenes, and we need him working for our benefit. You know, I think the reason that Jesus says that this is a daily practice, he says give us today our daily, I think the reason that he says that it should be a daily practice is because it only takes one day for us to forget that we need God. It only takes one day for us to kind of sink back into our pattern of living like we have more control than we do and operating like it's simpler than it is. So do we need God today? Yes, we need God today. And we need him in more ways than we understand. So that's question one and answer one. Question two at this verse answers is what is the priority for today? Now, this one can be a little confusing to answer, and the reason is, is because we spend a large amount of our lives engaged in the process of meeting our basic needs, engaged in the process of putting bread on the table. We spend a large amount of our lives on that, and that's a good thing. That's good work that God has for us to do and wants us to do. That's his normal process of providing. But it gets a little more complex because what we do is we mix our wants and our needs. So if you ask me today, Elliot, what do you need today? I'm going to include some needs on the list, and I'm also going to mix in a few of my wants for today. I'm going to include things on the list that go beyond the bare necessities to keep my body alive. So again, the question, what is the priority for today? Well, this verse, Matthew 6, 11, it answers this question, but it, it does so in the context that it's written in. See, the context is within what's referred to as the Lord's Prayer. It's this instruction Jesus is giving on how to pray. And when he gives this instruction, he identifies these categories to pray through. This is what Jesus says. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
So in teaching us how to pray, what Jesus is doing is, again, he's giving this list of categories for which we're to make requests of God. And the first thing on the list is he says, hallowed be your name. That's the very first category. That's the very first request. And the idea is that his name is loved and respected above every other name. That people see how amazing and how magnificent God is. That they honor him. Hallowed be your name. The second request, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Another way of saying this is what God prefers to happen is actually what happens. That we take his instructions seriously. And then it's only after those two, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, that then bread shows up. Our needs are not the top of the list. So does this mean, you know, if you think about, okay, I'm going to spend the majority of my day engaged in the process of meeting my needs, because that's how God provides. He's behind the process. He's working for my benefit through the process. Knowing that that's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time, does that mean I have to spend even more time on these other things? You know, maybe you've got to get up in the morning, and you've got to share your faith, and you've got to make sure to do some good deeds before you go to work or go to the grocery store. Is that what this is saying? No, that's not what this is saying. These are not actions that you engage in at separate times, but they're priorities that you focus on as you engage in the processes of life. So the idea is, while you're at your job, while you're earning a paycheck, which is, which is really important, that's an important reason that we go to work, but even more important than just earning a paycheck is, are we the kind of boss or are we the kind of coworker or the kind of employee that he instructs us to be? Are we doing our job as though he were our direct supervisor? I mean, if you start to think that way, if you start to think about, okay, God is the one who he's going to come in and he's going to actually double check my work, it changes the way that you work. If, if he's the one who, you know, you're going to have to go before him and, you know, do the kind of the, the quarterly performance review, that changes the way that you interact with your, with your coworkers or with your boss. And that's the priority for today. As you go through your day, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, honoring him, thinking of how can I take his instructions seriously. So for you today, what's on your list for today? Do you have a job? Is there work that needs to be done in that job? Are you looking for work? I mean, it's a lot of work to go and find work to do. Are you trying to figure out how to put bread on the table? Those are, those are good tasks that we have that we need to engage in, and it's gonna take a lot of time. So as we do them, the question is, are we honoring God and operating how he instructs? That's the priority. The priority for today is honoring God and operating how he instructs me to. You know, for me, a small way that I've been trying to do this is as I've kind of gotten outside the home and I've been running errands in the community and you know, going to the grocery store, or picking stuff up that our family needs, I've been trying to... Um, kind of focus on this idea of putting God first with how I treat other people. And in this time, you know, it's kind of tense and people, people are a little more maybe sensitive or a little, um, I don't know, struggling with what's going on and just realizing that some people are a little more on edge. I've been trying to think through, okay, how, I've got this mask on, you know, everybody's, you got to wear this mask when you go out. I've got this, this face covering on. You can't smile. They can't see me smile. So what can I do? So I've been trying to focus on gratitude and patience. So as I go into like a grocery store, for example, I've been trying to use my words to thank the employees, to instead of coming across as this pushy, needy customer, 
really just show gratitude for what they're doing. With the other customers, I've been trying to be, to be patient and letting them go first and not pushing to the front of the line or demanding my stuff be met, but instead thinking through, okay, well, I'm in this store with a lot of other people. Small things, things that nobody might notice, but things that they're answering the question, okay, how would God have me, how would he have me act in this situation? The priority for today is honoring God and operating how he instructs. So a question is, if this is the priority, then how do we know if our daily priorities are out of alignment? Well, for Israel, if you read through the story, it's pretty interesting. There's a word that follows them around in the desert. As they're walking around in the desert, there's this word that you keep reading about in the story, and it's the word grumble. And it's an action that they are frequently engaged in. And it's pretty interesting, because if you study the word grumble, the Hebrew word, it's It was written in Hebrew. The Hebrew word that's used is a word that describes a howling dog. This image just cracks me up because I think that that's such a great image of what we often sound like when we're grumbling. So just earlier this week, I was working on this message and I wanted to get the message done a little sooner in the week so that I could shift and focus on some other projects and it wasn't going the way that I wanted. And so I was in a video meeting, and somebody asked me, they said, hey, Elliot, how's the, how's the message prep going? And I just I started complaining. And um, as I was complaining, I wasn't even thinking that I was doing that. I just kind of naturally started doing it. As I was doing that, it was like the Holy Spirit kind of whispered in my ear, and he said, you sound like a howling dog. And it's so true. There have been so many times this week where I've been talking or thinking about something, and that idea just comes in my head. I mean, you just sound like you're just like, this is the one. I mean, it's like, you think about it, and it's really humorous. But we do it. And for me, whenever I start grumbling, whenever I start complaining, that's pointing, that's an indication that my priorities for today are confused. That I've moved some need or some want that I have to the top of the list, and I've forgotten that honoring God and operating how he instructs is the priority. You know, bread is important. We need it. Engaging in the process that God provides for us is important. We need to do that. But even more important is asking the question, how can I honor God? How can I operate in these situations, how he instructs? That's the priority. And wherever you're grumbling, that's probably pointing to an area of your life where your priorities are in the wrong order. So I've got a practice for you. So we've answered the two questions. We've answered the first question, do we need God today? And then we've answered the second question, what is the priority? So now I've got a practice that I want to share with you that I think is really helpful at remembering these two. It's really helpful at remembering that we need God, and it's also really helpful at remembering the priority for today. And the practice is starting your day with God. Now, this is something that in my life, I try to do this first thing. It's something I would recommend you doing first thing. And the reason is, if I don't start my day this way, usually I just kind of I'll get up and I'll just kind of charge into the day and I'll have the wrong priorities, or I'll forget how much I need God throughout the day. So here's kind of what this looks like for me. What I'll do is, the night before, I'll uh, set up the coffee maker. I appreciate the help of caffeine in the morning, and especially if I'm going to do it first thing, I, I, the kids are kind of distracting. It's hard to do this with the kids, so I'll try to do this even before the kids get up, which means I really have to plan ahead. So I'll start planning ahead the day before, figuring out what it's going to look like, get my coffee ready. I'll wake up in the morning, get my coffee. This is, this is the Bible that I use, pretty simple Bible. Um, I prefer the physical Bible over my phone, and the reason is 
is it's harder to get distracted. With my phone, you know, a news article will pop up or I'll be tempted to check email. And so I like to just read um, in the physical Bible. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll sit down, I'll pray, ask God to help me focus. Then I'll start reading right now. I'm in the book of Matthew, one of the stories about Jesus's life. I'll read a paragraph or maybe a chapter. I'll read it a few times, try to, try to think through, okay, what is this saying? I'll even have my pen out. I'll circle some words, make some notes, just try to think through it, ask the question, what does this have to do with me today? And I'll pray for my day, I'll pray for the work that I have, or I'll pray for my family, some different needs, some different people that God's placed on my mind, and then I'll start my day. No more than 15, maybe 20 minutes total to do this in the morning. Just sit down, ask God to help me focus, read, think through what I've read, think through how this applies, and then pray, ask him to help me with my day. But what this is, is it's a daily habit of remembering that I need God today, And what it does is it gives me a chance to remember the priorities for today. So a great way just to, again, Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. I think the reason he did that was because we need to be reminded of our need every day. This is a great practice to remember this. One of the things I think COVID-19 is doing is I think it's waking a lot of people up to their need for God. As jobs have been lost and orders have been given to stay at home and there's a virus that's spreading by people that are asymptomatic, I think a lot of people are waking up to the reality that this isn't as simple as we thought it was. This is a lot more complex. And we actually have less control than we think we did. I think a lot of people are waking up to that and that is a great place to be, remembering that that I need God's help in this situation and I need him to set the priorities for today. But something that I've been thinking about as we've kind of been waking up to this collectively is kind of a question of, will we remember this when the circumstances change? You know, right now we're in a dip, but when the circumstances change and it starts to climb, will we remember our daily need for God? Will we remember the priorities that he has for today? There's an interesting warning in Israel's history. It says this in Deuteronomy chapter 8 starting in verse 11, right after he explains why God gave manna, he says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Notice the warning that he gives there. They, they knew their need for God. They had just gotten manna in the wilderness. And he turns around and he says, hey, when it, when it starts looking up, when all these things start happening, you build fine houses, you settle down, your herds and your flocks grow, your bank account increases. When he, he lists all those different things, he's saying, don't forget about God. Don't become proud. Don't go back to thinking it's simpler than it is and you have more control than you do. Don't forget about him. You know, for us... The stay-at-home orders, they're going to be lifted. Businesses are going to reopen and start hiring. The stock market's going to recover. And the question is, when that happens, will we remember that we need God every day? Will we live for his daily priorities? Or will we forget? And will we go back to living like, I don't need God today. And I get to set the priorities for today. This season for us, this season of our big days being removed, 
and just having small days, this is an opportunity for us to remember something that is crucially important and for us to build a practice into our lives of remembering so that, so that when it changes, not just when it's down, but when it changes and the circumstances shift in the other direction, so we don't forget that our biggest need today is God and honoring him and doing what he instructs, those are the priorities for this day. I've got a couple of next step ideas for you. The first one is I would encourage you to build the habit of starting your day with God. Just this thing that I talked about, first thing in the morning, whatever, whenever it works for you, start your day with God. And a tip that I would give you is, um, you know, for some of us, you know, we're working remotely, and so our day looks a little different. We might have more flexibility to read and pray. But I encourage you to still build the habit into your day around what your schedule might look like when we go back to some form of normalcy. So that, you know, right now you might be able to do it in the middle of the day, but if you go back to working in the office or the kids are in school, whatever it might be, build the habit so that when your schedule gets back to some form of normalcy, it's already in place at a specific time and you don't have to figure it out all over again. So I would encourage you to do that. Start your day with God. There are some great resources on our website for you to check out on that. Another thing is identify what you're grumbling about. Where are the places where you're howling like a dog? What are the things that you're grumbling about? That's pointing to probably your priorities being off for that day. So identify it. Where are you off? Confess it to God. Ask him for help. Ask him to remind you what's most important, that honoring him and doing what he instructs, and then move forward with your day. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are over all of the processes that we're engaged in, that we are not on our own trying to figure this out, but you are with us. You are the initiator and you are the influencer of every single step. So God, I ask that you would help us to remember that we need you. And God, I ask that you would help us to remember the priority for today. And I pray that these small days, that we would make the most of these, so that we come out the other side and we don't forget, but we continue to remember that our biggest need is you today. Amen.